you will be in a point in your time on your trading journey where you look back at the charts and you're like, why is there five trades within 10 minutes? That's that's not good. <laughs> that's not what I want to see. If you are taking the first dart and giving yourself five minutes, that five minute rule of feeling emotions, staying off the charts, not putting any more trades in, then self-evaluating and saying, am I free to go? Am I out of my mind and can I move forward logically and with my trading plan? If you can do that every time, then you're going to reduce those second, third, fourth, fifth, however many darts you throw at yourself are soon to follow. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well. Buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. It's Wednesday, middle of the week, but it definitely doesn't feel like a normal week for me. It's been a great end to the year. I'll be getting married tomorrow. Obviously, Christmas is coming right around the corner, just on the weekend. So I know lots of people are getting ready, getting organized, starting to take time off, starting to relax, starting to um, kick back, let go of their routines and get into holiday mode, which is fantastic. Uh, today, I'm very, very grateful for my ability to have, I suppose, location independence. It's, you know, Christmas as a traveler is always a tougher time when your family's on the other side of the world. Um, and the ability to roam is something that is chosen. But what makes that acceptable and, and you know, enjoyable is the family that you can come along the road with you, with you can come along the road with. So, you know, I have my lovely fiance, soon to be wife and my now son, and we have the ability to kind of explore as we see fit and roam, roam around and go to areas we like. Now we are here in Germany with her family, which is great. So I can't wait to have another family orientated Christmas. Um, I'm also grateful for just the vast amount of knowledge that we have at our fingertips. You know, we've got, books that can get dropped off at our doors within us within a day you know the internet here with an endless amount of information on it um and i was just scrolling through instagram earlier and they're popping up with all these different ticks and trips tick <laughs> let me get this one tips and tricks as well as you know book um recommendations and certain things like that so i find it really fascinating that we're living in a time now where Really, you can find information for absolutely anything you want. And I'm very grateful for that. And sometimes, you know, as technology grows and expands, we kind of forget that, I feel. We kind of just let things be and then we take things for granted. And this is why gratitude is so important because it makes you realize the little things that we have and how far we've come and how things have changed and, you know, sometimes how easy life 
is for us, as well as, you know, the complications that come along with that. So I'm very grateful for the vast amount of knowledge that I have at my fingertips. Now, if you want to chuck your gratitude in the chat as well, and then we've got a smaller group today, but it's still good to find gratitude for those that are here. And then I'm going to go and touch on something that we were sort of talking a little bit about yesterday. I'm grateful for a warm home, for family gatherings to come over Christmas, for continued growth, healthy children and relationship. Yesterday, we took our daughter and her boyfriend out for wings and a drink. Oh, man, I'd kill for some wings and a beer. I haven't had that in ages. Both recently turned legal drinking age. Lovely. And it was such a great time. I love having adult adulting children. Yeah, I'm just at the opposite end of that. My, my little one's just looking at me blubbering and spitting. But um, hopefully it uh, doesn't get 18 years down the track and he starts doing the same thing. I'm very grateful for my little man. And it must be an amazing feeling to go out and sort of treat your children as you know, friends as, as equals almost because they're at that age now. So that's that's lovely. I love hearing that. Okay. So yesterday we were talking just a little bit about identity and there was this discussion of how we feel detached from our identity because of, um, I don't know whether it's a feeling of not fulfilling the identity that you want to be or maybe not standing up to your full potential that you feel that you have. And it's something that I have come a long way in learning with myself because often, and I think lots of people do this, they beat themselves up at the things that they haven't done rather than be grateful and look at the things they have done. And we speak about this quite a bit. And finding that gratitude for the things that you have done and not being disappointed in the things that you feel you should have done is a massive um, perspective shift, shall we say, because when you look at your life right now, you can look at it from two different perspectives. And this goes back to that image that I showed you um, a few weeks ago of the, the cylinder and from the light coming from the left to the right and showing a circle and a square. And then obviously the that being two truths to what is true, and the fact that one one shape is a circle, one shape is a square, but the truth is that they're actually just two different perspectives of a cylinder. Now we can look at your life at this any given moment. And you can look at it from a point of desperation and like, oh, I should be here. I should have had this. I should have had that. Why haven't I got this? And what we need to look at is what kind of feelings and emotions are attached to that. What kind of feelings and emotions are attached to that perspective? Usually disappointment, frustration, jealousy, um, you know, maybe sadness, all of these things with the comparison. What is that saying? Comparison is the thief of joy. So we're comparing where with someone who is ahead of us or we believe them to be ahead of us. And what this does is it brings us to all these negative emotions or what we can do is we compare to someone who we believe is behind us or struggling. And so maybe that makes us feel proud, sorrow, perhaps maybe some, um, I don't know, sympathy, all sorts of things. But most often these feelings come from either you're proud and you're happy and you're excited for where you are, or you really want to help the other person because you feel sorry for where they are. So we have three different states of emotions here. 
you're in the exact same point in your life, exactly the same point, but we look at it from a perspective of comparison to someone who is perceived to be ahead and our emotions are negative. They're all disappointment. They're all draining emotions. But if we look at it from a point of, um, in the opposite direction, shall we say, from a point of perspective where someone is behind or catching up or you know not as well off, then you're either happy and grateful for where you are or you're wanting to help, which is always, I, in my mind, a great attitude to have. And so we can clearly see how just a perspective shift of this can change the way we feel about our current situation. And so when we denote all of our happiness to our worthiness of what we've achieved, we're leaving ourselves no room for, for pride and success and, and joy. Now, again, this can come from the perspective shift of, oh, I've, I have accomplished this. Yes, I'm very proud and happy of it because of what I have done and not, oh, I can't believe I haven't done this, this, this yet. And so, it's again, it's just a matter of shifting that perspective. Now, what I want to share with you is um, a snippet from a book called Buddha's Brain. Now, I actually haven't read this book myself. I've read snippets of it and I've caught bits and pieces out of it and I'd like to read it, but I haven't yet. But the, what they discuss here is this concept of two darts. So I don't actually know if they call it this, but I'm going to call it the two dart theory. And what it says is that we often suffer two darts in any situation. The first dart is something that happens to us. It's, it's an event. Usually it is sometimes painful. It's shock. It's trauma. It's, something that can happen fast, sharp, and it just, you know, we, it's kind of out of our control. It is just what is. It's life. It's the, the, the thing, the occurrence. And then the second dart is self-inflicted. The second dart is how we perceive it. It is kind of our experience, um, our experience of the situation. So what they say in this book, word for word, is one dart hurts enough, but you'll worsen your pain if you dwell on it. We experience much of our pain on two different levels over two separate experiences. The first level feels like being struck by a dart, a sudden rush of pain. It could be from an accident such as a stubbing of your toe, touching a hot plate or crashing your bike or a disappointed ex expectation, failure or rejection. This kind of pain is inevitable. We all have to face it in our lives and there's not much we can do about it. Most of the time, however, we make things worse by throwing a second dart at ourselves based on how we physically and mentally react to the first. Most of the time, the second dart feels more painful than the first because we keep throwing them throughout the aftermath, oftentimes long after the first dart has vanished. We obsess for months over ended relationships, for example, or worry through countless sleepless nights about test results. So as you can see, the first dart is just the event. And sometimes shit happens, you know, you just got to deal with it. <laughs> That's just life. And we can move on. But what's really important here and what I think differentiates a strong mind from a weak mind or a strong person from a weak person, however you want to defer. And I don't want to call people weak because they go through stuff and they, they have their own way of dealing with stuff. But I find for myself to be able to move forward with things faster. It's all about how we handle that situation. And I think you may have heard me say this before it's what makes a man or a woman is not what happens to them in life but how they respond to what happens to them in life and i think this is very profound in the sense that anything can happen to us 
one person will take it and let it get them down and be miserable and self-pitying and and live in sorrow for months and months and months. The other person will pick it up, use it as a driving fuel and push forward and break through the barrier. Right? And so when the first dart hits, don't start throwing a second dart over and over and over and over again. We're just self-inflicting. We can't just sit there and one when once one thing happens to us, we have a choice to let more and more stuff happen to us because of our mental response. Or we have the stuff to use it as fire and drive through. And now this can be really, really, really relatable on the charts. Right? How many times? And my kryptonite, like I can trade perfectly for three, four weeks. And then I'll be in the wrong state of mind and have something happen to me. And then I'll revenge trade that. And then what happens is I'll get out of my whack and go right back old to, back to old overtrading Jake and then bang, 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 bang. And within, you know, one day, two days, sometimes that whole three weeks is gone. You know, the first start could be that I just made a horrible trade or that I unfortunately ruined my mess with my lot size, you know, but what happens after that is my reaction to it. It's my response. It's, oh, I've got to get this back. I'm deserving of this. Oh, my self-worth is lowered because I made this mistake. Quick, respond fire, emotional response, emotional trade, bigger loss. Oh, I just got to get back to where I am. And here goes the ball. The snowball starts rolling down the hill. We fire things away. We lose our track. We go back to our old self. We lose all our patience. We lose all our good behaviors. We lose all of our well-thought-out trading plans. We, we run away from our trading plan, shall I say. We break all of our rules and we just damage ourselves. We do it to ourselves. Like, yes, things happen on the charts. You might have the perfect setup, perfect to your strategy. You might put in that trade and just pew, lose straight away. Perhaps a news, a random news article or a big candle comes and you get slippage and you lose something more. And so you get this frustration, this emotion and then what do we do? We start throwing darts at ourselves and we keep inflicting that pain. And we keep over and over again, we keep doing damage to ourselves further than the original damage was even close to being bad. Like that didn't sentence didn't make sense. What I meant to say was the first instance will cause some damage, but it's nothing in comparison to what we decide to do afterwards. So I want you to think to yourself when you when something happens, maybe when you take a loss. Maybe when you're in an accident or you stub your toe, just say to yourself, that was the first dart. That was the first dart. And this hopefully will trigger your mind to go, how many more darts do I want to receive from this incident? If you can do that, then you're consciously being aware that what happens next is self-sabotaging. What happens next is self-inflicting. And if you're not prepared to take more darts, walk away. Give yourself time. Give yourself a period where you can go, I need to sort through this because otherwise I'm going to respond. Otherwise, I'm going to react. Otherwise, I'm going to cause more damage. Otherwise, I'm going to throw more darts at myself according to this two-dart theory. Right? Just looking in the chat here. Love that. What a perfect way to describe how we do harm to ourselves by how we react to a situation. It's true. I mean, so many times shit happens in life and you... <laughs> You can't help it. It's just what it is. But what, what happens after that? 
what how we respond our emotional makeup of all our past history makes us react to that situation in a certain way it's it's a compounding thing so the more the stuff happens to us the worse we react or the better we react and then we can take that experience and bring it into the next one when it happens i go oh last time this happened this is how i reacted and this is what the outcome was so we can either dwell on that and last time that happened i'm going to react more and then it just perpetuates downwards or last time this happened this is how i reacted i can just shove it off let's go this way this time it's all in that split decision you have the choice every single time i have not heard of the two dart theory before it is brilliant thank you for expanding for us yeah honestly i hadn't heard of it before either i read the concept and i really liked it and so that's why i'm calling it the two dart theory i don't know if that's what it's called that's what i'm calling it because i really liked it as well it really hit home to me because one of my kryptonites on trading is when I make a mistake and then I feel like I shouldn't have, you know, not fulfilling our identity, not, you know, our self-worth, feeling like I'm a failure now, and then responding in a negative way and just making it 10 times worse, opening the floodgates and letting the losses come, right? And I know that's my flaw. I know that, like, I have the ability to trade. I know I've got the knowledge. I know I can do it for months on end. But then I know that I also have this little trigger button where one dart gets thrown and I decide that that's it. I'm going. And I just let loose and take back all my profits and all my, my, my hard work. You know, I've said this time and time again. We're all on a learning process here. And I, it's about understanding yourself. And I understand that this is one of my issues and it's two dart theory if you can catch yourself and go i don't want to throw any more darts i don't want to do more damage let's see how i can positively respond to this situation and grow from it having that conscious thought is going to do wonders i believe in any situation but you know we are here to talk a lot about the chart so it's relatable on there too Wow, great thoughts. The first dart, the event, can be inflicted upon us. However, those after we flicked upon us. Those after we flicked upon us. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way of um, putting it, actually. The first dart, the event, can be inflicted upon us. However, those after we inflict upon us. I love that in the chat. Thanks for sharing. I'm definitely using that going forward. So good. If we genuinely fail forward to personal growth, then why would I allow the feelings of doubt and defeat to settle in my heart, my mind, and even my soul. Exactly. You know, this is the thing that I think a lot of people struggle to accept. If you want to be successful at anything, you have to learn to fail. But there's two aspects of learning to fail. Learning to fail, and then every time you fail, beating yourself up and feeling like, I'm useless, I failed, I can't believe how blah, 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 all self-negative talk. Or... You go, well, that was shit. How can I learn from it and move forward? You don't have to beat yourself up after every fail. Yes. Yes, definitely feel when you fail. Notice it. Observe it. Take lessons from it. But don't sit there and throw 100 more darts at yourself because you're never going to continue down your path of success if every time you take a failure, you then beat yourself up. You then sorrow... um, that saying went right out the window. What is it? Cover yourself in self-pity or something like that. Whenever you have a failure, you know what? Sometimes they do hurt as well. And this is another thing that I like to say is allow yourself to feel the emotions. We are humans. You can't just go, oh, that sucks. It never happened. Give yourself five minutes. I, I can't remember who it was. The, the guy who wrote The Morning, The Miracle Morning, cannot remember his name right now, um, 
But this is where I heard him say, you know, give yourself five minutes. Sometimes things are painful. Sometimes things really do hurt and they catch you off guard and your emotions respond. You know, if we look at it from a chemical aspect, when your body goes into shock or trauma or things happen unexpectedly, chemicals are released. Your body changes. They are released in a way to make your body respond. Fight, fight or flight. It's, it's a response of chemicals surging in your body. You need time for those chemicals to deter, to shift, and to create equilibrium and come back. And lots of those um, chemicals actually shut off one part of your brain that gives you rational thought and logical processing. So we can't be expected to have something happen to us and go straight into just being back to normal and having rational thought and thinking the way we are. We have to give ourselves five minutes and go, okay, I need five minutes. Let's let's just cool off. Let's let that be. Let's accept that it happened. Let me feel my emotions. Now that I've done that, now that I've processed, now that I've felt the pain, I've felt the hurt, I've felt the embarrassment, I've felt the joy, whatever it is, let's see if I can clear that lower those levels of chemical changes and then move on to another rash decision, a logical decision, not rash, logical. And this is why it's so important, you know, first start hits. Okay. Let's give ourselves five minutes to feel this. Let's give ourselves five minutes to understand what is going on. How, how, why, what happened now that the chemicals and the rush has gone from that. Am I okay? Can I move forward or do I need more time and just accept that? Yeah. Shit happens. Let's give ourselves the time to feel it. We are humans, and then we can move forward. You know, five minutes is up. Let's 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 get back to it. And this is on the charts. Like every overtrader, <laughs> if you're a scalping overtrader, I'm sure you will be in a point in your time on your trading journey where you look back at the charts and you're like, why is there five trades within ten minutes? That's that's not good. <laughs> that's not what I want to see. If you are taking the first dart and giving yourself five minutes that five-minute rule of feeling emotions, staying off the charts, not putting any more trades in, then self-evaluating and saying, am I free to go? Am I out of my mind and can I move forward logically and with my trading plan? If you can do that every time, then you're going to reduce those second, third, fourth, fifth, however many darts you throw at yourself that are soon to follow. Because it gives you that time to think rationally. And sometimes you might have that five minutes. You go, no, this really hurts. I'm still emotional. I'm still irrational. I'm still struggling to think the way that I'd like to think. So maybe this is time for me to close the close the laptop, shut off the computer, take a day, go for a walk, and reduce that that aftermath damage that comes with the second, third, fourth, fifth dart that you're going to throw at yourself. Because most of the time, if you're coming, and we spoke about this, I think the start of last week, if you're coming from a vibrational space of negativity, of low vibration, you have the first dart hit, you have a low vibration and you respond in that way, the chances are you're not going to get a positive outcome. The chances are the negative outcome is going to come through because that is what you're vibrating at. That's what you're putting out. And what does that do? Compounds. You get a second hit, you get a third, and this feeling grows and then the darts come quicker. And then very quickly, you catastrophically just send yourself downhill. So, Thank you very much for everyone coming here. We're nearly up at time. I really wanted to share that two dart theory because I felt like it was quite profound. And it just takes that one sentence. 
I'm literally writing a sticky note and putting it right on my computer next to me saying two darts. And then whenever something happens, I can look at that and go, okay, do I want to throw another dart at this or am I going to let this be? Am I going to give myself the calmness and the time and am I going to walk away? And hopefully that you can use this same concept to get the idea into your head. Okay. So look through this chat. Wishing you and yours a happy day tomorrow, Jake. Such a special time. And as always, thank you so much for sharing your vast knowledge and your own journey with us. It's a privilege for us all. Thank you very much. Uh, it's Honestly, it's a privilege for me to have people wanting to share it with me, to come, to listen, to learn, to get involved. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for the good wishes. I'm excited for tomorrow. It's going to be a, a fun day, I think. It's going to be fun. Yes, all the best to you and your fiance on your wedding day tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone who's been showing up. I'm super excited. I can't believe how well this end of this year has been going. You know, like I said, the podcast is coming up to 50 episodes. So we won't be on tomorrow because I'll be getting married, but I will most likely be back on Friday. No, I will be back on Friday for episode 50 to wrap up the year to go over a few things that we've um, been working on and to appreciate. Actually, I'll just leave that for Friday. We will see you on Friday <laughs> um, for episode 50, finishing off the year strong. I wish you all best couple of days. Good luck on the charts. To those on the podcast, I will not see you tomorrow, but I will speak to you on Friday. And for now, I love you all. Take, Be safe. And uh, yeah, thanks for the happy wishes. I can't wait till tomorrow. I'll see you as a married man on Friday. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>